Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sai. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover select college basketball games scheduled to be played on Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, goals, full recommendations on wager scaling, where to find additional picks, community rules. Always remember, there are no locks in gambling. So what Sideline provides are two categories of picks, plays and leans. The plays are good enough to blind back and profit in the long run, while the leans are about 51%. Not bad, but not profitable as a group. Those are games that we're usually looking for a little bit better of a number or maybe some extra insight that you have that the model doesn't have in order to get it to a play. This episode will only cover what are determined to be the best or most interesting games of the day with one wildcard pick at the end. But the results and the totality of the recommended picks, these, the model plays, and all of the plays of the day on Patreon, anything given to the Discord can be found both on BetStamp and in the Google Sheet. All those links are in the show description. That Google Sheet also contains the full set of projections and picks on every single game. And for early access to those picks and projections, see the Patreon. That link is in the crawler below and the show description. It's also where you can access that Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games, along with a lot of fun and discussion about other sports and picks for that as well. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please ensure the good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, it will be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Got a big Wednesday slate here. Uh, a ton of games and a ton of kind of quasi-interesting games for one reason or the other that just wasn't able to cover because I don't want to, again, you know, do this for two hours. Some of you might enjoy that, but that would create a really long show. So we're just going to hit the what I'm considering the top at the top. Uh, if, if a game that you're really interested in just missed the cut, apologies for that. But again, that Discord chat is a great place to go um, where you can kind of ask, hey, at this number, does the model like it at this number? You know, that sort of thing. So uh, again, hit that up if you're not over there. Uh, before we get to these games, some reminders as always, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, then you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB or college football content. That this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month gets you the plays of the day. Another $2 every month and you get access to that Discord chat group. And for five more dollars per month, ad-free shows delivered to you earlier than the general public and immediate access to all the picks. That way you can play the exact numbers posted in the sheet. Sometimes they move for the better. Most of the time they don't. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. All in courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description and current as of the time of this recording on Tuesday afternoon, 6 p.m. Central. Duke at NC State. Duke in this game is a three point road favorite. They are uh, obviously the better team. Uh, but on the road, it kind of makes this an interesting one. The model says Duke should be favored by two. And I think it's a pretty good projection. I think you're having a lay three. It's the Duke tax, just that extra point. So, I mean, I think this is a pretty spot on line, but they know that, you know, the books know uh, that that tax exists. It, you know, it, it kind of happens in every sport. There's always a team like right Yankees at baseball, right? Et cetera. Um, 
it makes it a tough line to to really digest, in my opinion, right now. The model leans NC State getting three, but it's just not enough points for the model to recommend it as a play. Maybe three and a half for sure if you could get four. Again, Duke is more likely than not to win, but if they lost this game, nobody would really be shocked, right? I mean, I'm sure the students would storm the court, and that's always fun, right? <laughs> if you, you know, if you're able to do that, you know, at, at a college, but it, you know. It wouldn't surprise anybody really if Duke lost this game. Um, it's definitely within the with the realm of possibility. They on average they win more than lose, but when you start laying bigger numbers, it becomes tough. So, you know, again, I, I don't really know how to handle three. I, I don't really think it's enough to grab NC State, but I really, if I'm going to play Duke, I'd rather just lay one, maybe two, really be kind of the most there. So I'm going to pass on the side, and it's going to focus on the total of 144 and a half. The model says 144.1, so the model thinks that the total set pretty well, but I'm actually going to go over this total. And here's the reason why NC State plays fast and part of the model's calculation, the total is Duke not really playing that fast. NC State's got a pretty good offense though. And I think they're going to kind of put the pedal to the metal here and try to get this up to a, a faster pace game at home. I think they have more of an ability that we just talked about this um, here recently with the Oklahoma State West Virginia game where Oklahoma State wanted to play more of a defensive game and that game went well under the total and talked about, hey, if that was in Morgantown, kind of flip that. I think, you know, West Virginia has the ability more to control the pace, be more of a high scoring game. And it's the same sort of thing here. I think at NC State, I think they maybe have a little bit better chance of controlling this pace. They want to play a little bit faster. You know, this game's at Duke. A little bit of a different story. They're going to do everything they can to slow NC State down. And obviously, they're going to try to do it here. But the other thing is that Duke's not going to get slowed down that much. I just think there's going to be a lot of points here. Duke's offense is going to be a lot better than any state's defense is. And the weakest, one of the weaker units, and these are two good teams. So, I mean, I, nothing's weak here. But when you compare comparatively, one of the weaker units is NC State's offense. That's going to do better at home. Uh, than it is on the road. I'd be a little bit more concerned about this match being on the road. They might get right out of the gym, but at home, the offense should do better. So there's a lot of reasons to think this could have a few extra points in it. We have the possibility of overtime being a tight contest. We have the possibility of late fouls. There's just more ways I see this going over than under, especially if you're here below 145. If it gets up into the higher 140s, it's a tougher proposition. But at this spot here, I think over makes a lot of sense. Just knowing that again, NC State's offense should do a little better at home. They want to push the tempo. The fact they're at home allows them probably to do that a little bit better. And the fact that we can get there uh, a little bit easier with all the late game shenanigans that are possible in a game like this. I think overs aside to be on in this, I think it's the best play if you want to be invested in that game. 6 p.m. Central, Penn State at Michigan. Uh, other than tempo, these two teams are like carbon copies of each other, it seems like. Uh, they both have pretty solid defenses and really good offenses. Um, they're both very solid teams. Neither one of them is, you know, I think they're going to make a run into March Madness type good, but they're both very solid, good, respectable teams. And Michigan's a three-point favorite. Model says 2.7. I mean, you're kind of, no matter how you look at this, you're kind of just saying Michigan should be favored by something around home court advantage, give or take like a point. I mean, these two teams are just really similar to each other. Michigan wants to play a little bit of a faster pace. I think kind of a similar thing as the previous game. There's no tax, obviously, in this game for either team. I just think three is a pretty decent number. 
I, I don't really want any part of that. So I'm going to pass on the side. I said I'm going to focus again on the total, 137 and a half. I'm going to go over. The model says 140. And I tend to agree that this number just isn't high enough. The average college basketball game has about 140 points. And I think we can get above average here. When you look at the fact that, again, as I kind of mentioned in the previous game, Michigan being the home team wants to play a faster pace. I think that's more likely for them to be successful at that. At home than on the road. Again, at Penn State, they want to slow it down a little bit more. I'd kind of lean more that direction. Giving Michigan a little bit of a boost, being able to uh, – a, a tempo boost, right? I think that's going to help this get over – when I look at the matchups, offensive versus defense, I just think both offenses have a slight edge. And that's kind of what we're looking for. We're looking for some reason, you know, because a total of 137 and a half is pretty close to average, you know, rounding air right to average. And you're looking for some reason why it's going to be a little above or a little below average. I just think, you know, the tempo should be about average. You know, Penn State again trying to slow it down, Michigan trying to speed it up. But I think both offenses have an edge when they have the ball. And I think that's kind of the difference in getting us over. And as I mentioned in the last game, you got a possibility of late game fouls, overtime, that sort of thing. You, you do kind of sometimes run the risk of it being a perfect, you know, one score game. And each team just kind of like kills, you know, 25 seconds looking for the perfect shot, that sort of thing back and forth. But that's a little bit less rare than fouls or overtime. So I'm going to take my chance here with the over and model things 140. I think 140, low 140s makes a lot more sense than this number. So I think over 137 and a half is your best play in Penn State, Michigan. 6 p.m. Central Texas A&M at Florida. Florida is a seven-point favorite. Model says 7.3. If I had to take a side, I'd lay it with Florida. That's where the model leans. The reason that's not my official pick here on show is I'm just nervous if this number moves. I would lay seven if I had to, but I would not lay seven and a half. I don't know what I'd do at seven and a half. I think seven and a half's really a better price line because seven and a half is a very much no man's land. Like, I have no idea. Um... So if you can get a seven, less than seven, I don't think it's bad to, to play Florida. It's just a little high. They're the better team and they're home. It's just a little bit too high of a number. And I just, I hesitate to give it out higher because by the time I finish recording this, it might be seven and a half. And if so, I just, I just like seven and a half a lot less. I like that push protection on seven. Again, as we talk about knowing that's around the spot where fouls stop happening. So again, seven, maybe less than seven, maybe for Florida. I'm going to focus on the total on this one as well, though. 142 and a half is the number model says 141 and a half. I'm going to go under. 142 and a half and a couple of reasons why number one the model has drastically overestimated the number of points that these two teams have, would score as of late you think about texas a&m's had a couple of those where we just thought we'd end up with around 140 points or so and they've been playing more like in the 120s and, and a couple of those games were upsets or offense didn't really get going you say well florida's got a pretty good defense like if that happens here we're not going to get anywhere near 140 if their offense keep going and it's kind of struggled a little bit as of late to, to get going consistently. Florida's defense can definitely do that. Florida's actually been overestimated by even more. Florida's been playing a lot more lower score games than the model has anticipated. So I'm not really sure if that trend continues, but I think if the model is kind of playing catch up and there's a very good possibility it's the case, model says 141. Maybe it should really be more like 140, 139, 138. You know, if it's if it if it just hasn't quite caught up to the fact that these teams are now playing a little bit lower scoring than we were expecting coming into the season. And this number gets a little bit higher. You do always have that foul possibility. So you're kind of hoping at this point, you know, going under, we're kind of hoping that, uh, you know, it plays like that West Virginia, Oklahoma state game where just both teams just kind of grind it out a little bit, or we're hoping that Florida maybe runs away and then we have a sleepy second half. So I think under here though is a good, you know, good investment, especially that's North of 140 it makes sense. The model kind of leans that direction. I like it as well too. Florida wants to push the tempo a little bit. Um, 
Even if they do, though, I just think there's a lot of ways this can go under, given that even though they like to push the tempo again, they've still gone way under as of late on aggregate. So I'm going to assume that can kind of happen again here and say the 142.5 is too much, given the model thinks 141, and like I said, really maybe 139, 140 might actually be a better number. She's going under in the Texas A&M Florida game. 6 p.m. Central, Iowa State at Oklahoma. Iowa State's getting four on the road. Uh, chalk this up to the most confusing number of the day for me, or one of the most. I love Iowa State here. I think a money line is a great investment. I think it's a coin toss game, 50-50 proposition here. Model says Oklahoma should be a six-tenths of a point favorite. The Big 12, uh, I, I constantly talk about the Big 10 and the home court advantage. I mentioned it here about 24 hours ago. The Big 12 has some great home court advantages too. Tech Kids hasn't tipped off yet, so we'll see if that holds there. Um, but I believe, you know, this is again Tuesday afternoon, so none of the two games have happened. But coming into right now, I believe of all the Big 12 conference teams, the home teams won every single one of them with one exception. That was Texas went on the road to Oklahoma and won. And I kind of think the same thing can happen here. I think it's going to be just like that Texas game for Oklahoma, a very tight contest coming down to the end. Oklahoma State, not quite as good as Texas. So Texas at that game, you know, was kind of more up three or four late. Oklahoma State just a shade below them. I think it's probably a tight contest late. Don't really know which way it goes. So I said, I think money line of those plus odds makes a lot of sense. If, you, if you're able to hold the plus, you know, 160-ish ticket in your hand, and it's a tie game with a minute to go, that's a great investment because then you're talking about a coin toss. And hey, it's not really exciting, but I mean, if you're giving plus 160 and literally tossing a coin in my face, I'll take it every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I'm all over Iowa State here, especially at the plus four, just because if it is that tight contest, we could get screwed around by overtime or late fouls. It's happened. It feels like it's happened a lot more lately than it should. I don't know if that's accurate or not. It feels like I've been on the wrong end of a lot of those, but avoiding something weird like that. It could go the other direction. Iowa State could just flat out win this game. I think they can hang in there. Again, model says it's a coin toss. I tend to agree that I think Iowa State's the better team, but on the road, I don't really know why we're getting four points here. And it's really that simple. Iowa State has been fairly good to us most of the time this season. Um, the model's been pretty spun on both these teams. I think it's a pretty straightforward exercise here. Total in this was 123 and a half. Would not go under. It's too low to go under, but... Given uh, Oklahoma's good defense and Iowa State's really good defense, I'm not sure I'd want to go over either. I think just let's focus on the side. Iowa State getting four or the money line or both. A lot of times splitting your wager a little bit, one-third, two-thirds, one-quarter, three-quarter, something like that is a good investment. So I'm going to grab the points here with the Cyclones. That rounds us out the 6 p.m. games. Moving on to some of the later actions, 7.30 p.m. Central, Missouri at Arkansas. Um, Arkansas is a seven point favorite model says 7.4. I think I have, I have really nothing to tell you on the side. I mean, I think seven's a really good number. Uh, Arkansas's, you know, I think the better team at home. Um, I just no feel whatsoever for the, for the side on this one. I'm going to focus on the total 151 and a half. Um, model says it should be 158 and a half. Love going over this number. Obviously, the model loves this edge as well. And when you break it down, the model's been a little bit under on Missouri totals, a little bit over on Arkansas totals by about the same amount as of late. So it's not like it's been really biased one direction or the other. Both these teams play pretty fast. I mean, they're not the fastest teams in the country, but they're up in the top, you know, quarter, top, you know, 15%, whatever. I mean, they're up there with regards to pace, uh, 
Missouri has just an incredible offense and just a very average defense. Arkansas has got a good defense, but I mean, Missouri's offense is so good. It seems like they're going to score on anybody, especially with the pace that they play. Like Missouri's going to get theirs almost against anybody. Like maybe Tennessee would be the one I'm really interested to see, like how, how they do against them. But like, Otherwise, that offense is really, really good, and they play fast, and their defense, again, just average. Arkansas' offense is good. They're going to get theirs, too, just because they're not going to be challenged, really. And Arkansas' offense is not good enough, I think, you know, to score against the top-notch defenses, but that's not what we have in Missouri. They have the top-notch offense, again, with the pace here. I think this is just going to be a shootout, wild, a lot of fun Real fun basketball. I mean, this is maybe a must-watch game just because it could be just so many points. I think 160 is more likely to happen than 150. So we're going to go over this. Again, model thinks about seven points higher than this on average. It's really an open and shut one for me. I love this over. No locks and gambling. You never really know what happens, right? You pull one game from a distribution a game. Both teams can go hold. Anything weird can happen. So again, you just never really know. But just on average... This should be a very, very high-scoring game at 151.5, just as not enough points on aggregate. Also at 7.30 p.m. Central, UConn and Providence. This one should be a fantastic one. UConn um, on the road here, coming off of that loss. There's only one undefeated team as of now. New Mexico plays tonight, so I mean, by the time you watch this, maybe we know if there are any undefeated teams left. Um, but UConn you know, playing against a really good Providence team. Obviously, UConn the better team, but on the road, Question is, how much can they win by? The line is five. The model says 4.8. So I just don't think the spread is worth attacking here. You could come at it at an angle of if you think Providence can hang around, maybe take a chance on the money line. If you think that UConn can pull away late, you maybe get that fouls and laying a short number like five makes sense. Model says four and a half. It just really is just not wanting any part of this. There's a five. It's just a pretty good price here. If it got up maybe to six, I think you could probably talk the model into playing Providence. But at five, it's just not good enough. Instead, though, the model loves the under 143, says that the number of points on average is 139.5. We got Bird with the under and UConn last. I think that was more about Xavier than anything else, though. That was the fear going in. We knew that they would play. I mean, they play just at a crazy pace, great offensive team. So we kind of knew that going in. Just was hoping that in such a big contest that there might be a little bit more feeling each other out a little bit more you know uh what's the boxing thing? they're kind of dancing around a little bit more of that a little bit more looking for good possessions and that was not the case in that game Xavier really controlled the tempo as we talk about sometimes with home teams they have a better chance of doing that uh, Providence though you know they don't play slow but they're no Xavier right both these teams play at about the same pace so we kind of know what we're going to get with pace there shouldn't be really a one team is trying to speed it up. One team's trying to slow it down. And that helps us kind of project out what will happen because now we're just getting to analyze how the offense are going to do it gets the defense and multiply by possessions. And we can go from there because we have a decent feel about how the possessions will go again. Aside from overtime and late game fouling, right? That's the thing that always can cost us here. But in general here, UConn's defense is just so good. I think they can really frustrate Providence. But Providence here at home, um, a good enough defense in Providence, I think they can get enough stops here against UConn to keep this at a little bit lower of a scoring game than the odds makers expect. You flip it, and it's a little bit different of a story. You know, if this is at UConn, I think that's a little bit tougher. I just think UConn offensively has their way, and that might get a little extra points in there. Um, but here at Providence, I mean, Providence is going to have a hard time scoring against UConn. But again, UConn on the road, I think, scores a little bit less. So I'm going to go under 143. Again, hopefully we just avoid uh, late game shenanigans. But in general, this game should be more around 140 points. Um, 
than 143. AP Central, Clemson at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is a five and a half point favorite. Model says it should be six and a half. I'm going to lay the five and a half for Virginia Tech. It's not a model play. It's only a model lean. If it was down to four and a half, it'd be a model play. But I still think laying five and a half is fine. It's just a slightly less investment. That's why I recommend here the show plays are at, at a half unit or an extra half unit than the model play. So this is one of those where if it drops down, five is a little bit better, especially four and a half. You shop around, right? Again, I'm doing everything at one book, right? So right, that's that disclaimer where I talk about the model picks being 53 to 54%. That's at one book, right? That's not shopping around. You shop around, you ought to be able to up that at least a percent or two, right? Always make sure you got, you know, at least, you know, at least two, at least preferably three, maybe four outlets to shop around, get good prices, get better on the odds. That way your ROI increases. If you're at 53% at minus 105 odds, it's a whole lot better than at minus 110, right? So always shop around. You can get five, it's a little bit better. Four and a half becomes a model play. If it gets a four model really starts to like it. Bottom line, I still have Virginia Tech as the better team at home. And so I think that's the side to back here. As long as the number doesn't get too high, I think still playing it at six is fine. I just wouldn't go above six. So I don't know where the number's going to go, right? You know, in general, it goes towards my model, but that doesn't happen all the time. We see it every day. There's dozens of cases where that isn't true. It's a two thirds, one third, three quarters, one quarter type thing. So I don't know where this number's going, but if it's at six, I still think it's a reasonable investment. On Virginia Tech, five and a half, I think it's fine. Again, five, four and a half, a little bit better. But you got the better team at home. I mean, it's really that simple. Model's been pretty spot on with both of these teams. It hasn't really liked backing either one of them. Um, but again, at this point, you've got just a better offense in Virginia Tech. That's the difference here is that both these teams are pretty similar. Virginia Tech, just better offense at home. It's that straightforward. With regards to total, total's 139. Model says 139.8. It's underestimated Clemson as of late. I think on this one, it's just it's going to come down to late game stuff. I think it's going to swing it two or three points either direction. So if I had to, I'd play the over here at 139. I think 140 is probably a little more likely, but it's not a big enough edge to really waste our investment. There's a lot of games on Wednesday, a lot of smaller games. We can make sure you check out the sheet for all the other picks out there a lot of good picks a lot of other places to spread our money around the total in this one but if you're going to take a side i think virginia tech minus five and a half is a pretty reasonable investment apm central illinois at northwestern two teams both here in the state of illinois uh, a little bit of a rivalry here illinois is a three and a half point road favorite silence says they should only be favored by 1.7 model leans northwestern um, the models underestimated Northwestern on aggregate as of late and overestimated Illinois. It's not a model play on Northwestern plus three and a half. And it's not what I'm really that comfortable making either. I'm just not convinced that Northwestern's that good. So the model leans to Northwestern, but personally, and I think the model kind of would agree with this just based off what I'm eyeballing it now, it really needs at least four, maybe five, before it starts wanting to invest in this Northwestern team. But I don't want to lay three and a half on the road with Illinois against such a good defense at Northwestern on the road. It, it just it, It's just not appealing either. You know, if I was going to play Illinois, really like minus two, I think is kind of the number I'd be looking for. If I could lay two with Illinois, that would be a good investment. So again, I say all this because this is, you know, over 24 hours from when this game happens. And I don't know exactly where the number will go. So Maybe half of what I'm saying is moot and the other half isn't, right? Uh, maybe the number to move at all <laughs> matters. But if the number moves that way, I mean, Illinois minus two, I think, is 
pretty good play. Northwestern, like I said, I really want, you know, at least four, probably five, maybe even six. I mean, I just don't trust this Northwestern. It doesn't mean they don't win. They're just really inconsistent. They sometimes show up and play really well, and they sometimes don't. Here's the angle I like in this one, though. I like the under 132 and a half. Model says 130. And Illinois has a good offense, but they're going to want to push this pace. And again, we talked about a lot, right? Who, the, the pace is a lot of times, can they do it? When you look at their specific offensive defensive matchup, can they do what they want to do? And the game location, this is in Northwestern, it's be a little bit harder for them to push the pace. You also look at, can a team that, wants to push the pace, are they better offensively than the other team, which would allow them to do that? If a team wants to slow it down, are they better defensively than the other offense? Are they able to do that? Northwestern's defense is really good. Illinois' offense is solid, but it's Illinois' offense is like above average, whereas Northwestern's defense is really, really good. So I think Illinois wants to push the pace. I'm not sure they're going to be successful. I think Northwestern can kind of cut them off the pass and really slow them down. In Northwestern, I mean, their offense just is very mediocre. And for Big Ten standards, for Power 5 standards, it's not good. Across all 300 teams, it's average. Which, again, for Big Ten standards, that's bad, right? Illinois has got a good defense. I just don't see Northwestern scoring enough. They don't really want to play a fast game. When Northwestern's gone over, it's because they played really terrible defenses. And their average offense can take advantage of that. But now that we're in conference play, they're going to really have a hard time scoring against just about every team. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't really think, I'm sure there probably is one, but I can't think of a big 10 team that doesn't have a good defense really. And like I said, I'm sure there's one, but I mean, for the most part, they're going to have a hard time scoring. They're going to have a hard time scoring here against Illinois, and but their defense is good enough to stop Illinois. So I'm going to go under 132. Again, model says 130. And I think 130 still seems a little optimistic. I think this game plays in the 120s is the most likely scenario. Last one here before we get to the overtime game, a little off the radar one for you. 8 p.m. Central, TCU at Baylor. Baylor's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. LJ Cryer has been released from concussion protocol, practicing. We are expecting him to play. Um, the model isn't really considering that. The way it's built is more of a hedging on all these injuries because it's trying to figure out what's going on based off of what's happened in previous games that probably so that first game back sometimes the model kind of misses a, a tiny bit it, it kind of knows criers around but it's not really giving him a strong chance of plan it's kind of the uh, uh, dumbed it down version it's it's more complicated that's kind of the easiest way i can explain it so the model says 5.4 for Baylor, but knowing that i really think it's probably underestimating Baylor by about a point um, because again, it knows cries around, but doesn't think he's going to play. We think he's going to play. He may not, but we think that now that he's been officially cleared, they're talking about him practicing. He'll play. Might not be at hundred percent now. First game back, you know, that sort of thing. So it's not like he, he would be a huge boost. He's a big part of this team. Um, but I think a little bit of a boost for Baylor again, maybe better points. So maybe it really, you know, models is five point. Maybe it's really 6.4. I'm going to lay with Baylor at five and a half, really wanting like four, four would be the great number to lay. I'd be even, I'd be more excited about five. Uh, personally, I personally don't mind uh, pushes. I'd rather you typically want to buy onto a push than off. So that's why I'm kind of thinking it that way. Like mathematically like football, it's better to buy onto three than off a of three. Um, and so same concept here. Like, I'm, I'm the reason I'm talking about whole numbers. I'd, I'd rather just have the whole number. You get more value jumping there than, than getting off it. So five is a little bit better. If you chop around and get five, at least it's better. Four would be really exciting. I think Baylor's the better team at home. I think they can win. Um, you can't love this play because there's a lot of ways Baylor wins by one to five, right? So um, it, it's not a model play, but I think it's a side I'd rather be on. 
I just don't think getting five and a half points with TCU makes sense. I know they've got a better record than Baylor, but their schedule's been a lot uh, softer. And just in general, I'm just not sure they're at the level of Baylor. Baylor's, I think, starting to maybe figure some things out. You saw spurts of it against Iowa State. Um, you also saw what happens again in the Big 12 on the road at Iowa State, where they just had that long stretch where Iowa State just took over. And again, that's where we talked about like all the home teams doing really well, only the one loss. Uh, by a home team being Oklahoma. So when you look at it that way, you're not laying a big enough number here to scare me off of Baylor again at five and a half or at six. Anything above six would be a much tougher sell. But at five and a half, I still think Baylor's a decent side. The total is 140 and a half. The model says 140 and a half. If I had to go one way or the other, I would say, well, I think Baylor's starting to maybe get a little bit more of a defensive identity. And so I'd say under, but TCU, um, a little surprisingly just continues to up the pace and just kind of push the tempo, play a little bit faster. We kind of saw them last year in the tournament doing the opposite of that. And so that was a little surprising, but they've just been a really fast team this year. So we look at that direction, you'd say over 140 and a half is an average number of points in a game. That's kind of what I see here. I don't really see anything that makes me jump for one or the other uh, with regards to the total. So I'm just going to pass that. I think laying with Baylor makes sense. Again, I'd like a better number shopper. And hopefully it comes down, but at five and a half, I think it's a reasonable investment for that game, which takes us to overtime. Again, the off the radar game, something that's caught my eye that I want to make sure doesn't miss your radar. 6 p.m. Central UNC Wilmington at Elon total. this one's 135 and we are going to go hard on this under again. There are no locks in gambling, right? So just remember that we always want to make sure we're responsible with our units. You know, I'm not a believer in a five unit play and I'll give 30 seconds here real quick. I don't want to ramble on this, but my, my quick 30-second spiel there is, mathematically speaking, if you actually had the edges, there are justifications for plays like that. The problem is, time and time again, when we look through it, there is no evidence that has ever been found anywhere that we are that precise with our edges. And so the idea is, if you actually had an 8% edge, it would warrant something like that, right? But that's not really what we have. We found that if you say six or seven or eight, really it's like all in a bucket and it's really only actually, you know, all six or something like that. And so it's just hard to be that precise. So I don't recommend the five unit plays, you know, one max two, right? That sort, sort of thing. If you, if you talk about your standard um, units, and again, previously you've been around for a while, the, the one to three, and that was really where everything where standard was two. So however you're scaling it, right? The point is don't go too crazy in it, but I love this under here. I don't understand why this number is so high. The model says 128. And to me, the bottom line is both these teams play at a pretty similar pace. So we know what we're going to get from the pace. Elon offensively is terrible. They are going to have a really hard time scoring. They're at home, but it doesn't matter, right? UNC Wilmington has an above average defense the model thinks Elon can get to 58 and a half on average. I would be really surprised if they got to 60. UNC Wilmington, on the other hand, should be able to score a little bit more. They will have an edge offensively. They have a little bit above average offense. Elon a little bit below average on, on defense. But they're not really going to push the pace here. And I think even if they get you know to 75 or something like that, even 75, if Elon doesn't get to 60, this game goes under. The model thinks that on average UNC Wilmington gets to about 69 and a half. I think it's 70 to 60 to 70, 60 at 130 points. That's about the highest I think we can see on this one on a reasonable game. Again, you never really know. That's why we say 
we don't want to go too heavy on one game with because you never know when a team's just going to show up, whether it's one side or both sides or what, just who's going to just drain all the threes or who can't hit a three, right? We see it all the time where that goes crazy, right? So never really know about that in-game variance, but just in general, if they play this game a bunch of times, and I, I think this is almost 10 points too high. I think 100 and I think it's going to have a hard time getting past 130 most nights. So I love the under 135 here in UNC Wilmington and Elon. And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Picture the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy the sports betting content we've run on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.